Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Fire from Heaven philosophy. And um, today we are beginning the next chapter in a book I'm currently working on called The Enduring Artist, or The Short-Lived Artist versus The Enduring Artist, or flip them around, whatever you want to do. Uh, the title is still up in the air um, as I'm still writing the book. Uh, but I just wanted to share as I'm writing the book, because it's kind of more of a, like, I have to keep writing so I can have something to talk about on the podcast, so, you know, I just, uh, don't have much prepared to talk about, you know, after this, so, uh, but I'm excited because, um, we, we, we read the first chapter, we talked a little bit about it in a couple episodes, and, uh, you know, that was about circumstances, so, and again, if it, like you're kind of listening to this out of context without listening to the first few episodes about the book, the book's basically, you know, again, it's about the short-lived artist versus the enduring artist. It, it's pertaining to art or some creative kind of work, like people who are pursuing some kind of creative work, but it's not just for that. Honestly, I think it's for anyone. Like, I, My hope is that anyone could pull something out of this that they could learn from, um, you know, especially like uh, the idea of circumstances and not depending on those and realizing you're the circumstance that needs to change. That's just to kind of summarize the past few episodes. Go check them out if you haven't listened to them already. Um, but you know, I, it's just, uh, kind of my philosophy, my set of ideas behind, uh, creating music and just kind of in general sense, anything kind of artistic or creative, which is really pretty much anything, honestly, if you think about it. Everything kind of requires some sort of creative mind. And creativity is uh, it's very valuable. And uh, I actually decided I was going to add a chapter about creativity in this book. You know, just kind of more specifically about that. So um, you'll hear, hear about that later on. But uh, we have uh, a lot here. So I'm going to, you know, we're on to chapter two. So I'm going to do like what I did before, read over it, and then we'll kind of go back over over some of the stuff and uh, talk about it a little bit more. But for now, uh, I'm going to get started reading because I don't know how much time I'll have to be able to finish it. So um, just kind of summarize the chapter, what the chapter is about. The short-lived artist is afraid of failure. The enduring artist knows success is built on a mountain of failures. The short-lived artist refuses to fail. In doing so, he also refuses to succeed. I gave a little bit of that teaser in the last episode, you know, sharing that little part there. So, uh, we'll continue. The short-lived artist is afraid of failure. He's afraid of being vulnerable and being criticized. He's afraid of his work being critiqued. So he keeps his work and himself hidden away. If he reveals himself, it is a twisted version of himself. That is not genuine and has been watered down out of fear so he can appeal to everyone. Watered down... Uh, or made to be something more than he really is. He's afraid of, of failing. He doesn't want to get anything wrong. He sees himself as this heightened version of himself that is perfect and appeals to everyone. So he wants his work to appeal to everyone and for everyone to like it. So he, f he refuses to fail while doing this. He also refuses to succeed. So he does nothing. Becoming nothing 
he in fact starts to lose the very little pieces of himself that are truly himself and not this fabricated being he created to hide behind. He expects his works to be perfect. When he sets out on an adventure, he expects to arrive at the destination without struggle. He expects perfection without refining. Over and over again, his genuine self is nearly lost, and it will take a massive turning of action and thinking to restore himself. Whew. There's a lot there. We're definitely going to go back and talk about some of this stuff. The enduring artist knows the success he wants is built on a mountain of failures. He knows that anyone who, who never made a mistake never did anything. He is willing to lower his view of himself, not in a falsely humble way, but in genuine humility and allow himself to fail in order to become better. Just real quick, I just want to pause here. And I've mentioned this before. These are two mindsets. Um, and, you know, I'm not claiming to be, you know, one or the other. It's, at times I'm one and at times I'm the other, but I'm still like, these are kind of in a sense, like, these characters, you know, this is kind of like, when I talk about the enduring artists, I'm talking about, like, the artists that I want to be, maybe at times I kind of have that sort of mindset, but honestly, most of the time I'm not, but it's, like, someone I'm, like, I want to be, like, I'm working towards being, okay, just want to clarify that, um, let's see, where did I stop, the enduring artist knows that success is he wants to build, he wants is built on the mountain failures. He knows that anyone who never made a mistake never did anything. Oh yeah, I read that part. Oh yeah, okay, here I am. Does this mean he doesn't try? Does this mean he doesn't devote the best of himself to the work at hand? No, he gives the best of himself to the work in front of him, whether it's at his day job, his art, or the work under his roof, the greatest work of all with his family. Why is failure a good thing? We have in our minds the idea that failure is a bad thing because we think if we fail that it is the end and there's no more to be done to fix or continue our work if we fail. Failure is defined as a lack of success or the inability to meet expectations. So, the question is, how does a lack of success create success? I believe that a lot of times we get these ideas that we have to decide between two things as our only options and we end up missing a whole lot. We have it in our heads to naturally believe false dilemmas or fallacies because we don't think deeper than the surface. All we see are the two choices given we make because that is all that is presented. Or, I kind of read that wrong. We don't think deeper than the surface. All we see are two choices we make because that is all that is presented. So what if I present something different? Instead of one or the other, it's both. Yes, it can be both. You need a lack of success to create success in the same way. I will talk uh, deeper on later that you need quality to develop quantity. Or you need quantity to develop quality. <laughs> Always mix those up. This is what the enduring artist understands. He knows that his, his success is built upon the foundation of a lack of success. He does not intentionally fail. He works 
till the work is completed and he moves on to the next work, regardless of the latest work's failure or success. If it is a failure, add that to the foundation of success he's building on. If it is successful, he builds upon that as well. Whether failure or success, he keeps working because his true success is simply working and developing all he has for something beyond himself. I couldn't tell you how many songs I've written now and my entire career as a musician is built upon them. There are some here and there that are decent, but that's simply because a lot of my first works are lost and there are a few albums that remain unreleased and it's probably better that way. (laughs) I don't keep them completely hid because I don't think artists should hide their works. If anything, just the first few while you're developing, but the point is to let it develop into something. It's okay if it doesn't sound that great. It would it wouldn't have mattered how long I spent on those first few works trying to perfect them. They would have still sounded the same. Artists need to allow themselves to fail. They need to allow themselves to take some risks and fall flat on their face. Man, do I have plenty of stories where I fall on my face. Maybe not always on my face, but I have lots of stories of falling. During my childhood, we spent a lot of time at my grandparents. Basically lived there during the summer. My cousins and I would get into all sorts of shenanigans. One time, my cousin and I were climbing trees. There was a row of cedar trees in the back as a wind block, and we would start at one end of the tree row and climb them from one end to the other. We thought we were so cool jumping from tree to tree like ninjas, I thought to myself. There was one spot where the gap between the trees was pretty big, and it was at least 10 feet down. That might be exaggerating, I don't remember. (laughs) That's just kind of a guess. I remember falling for a ways, but I'll get on to that. (laughs) We both looked at the gap for a moment, contemplating whether or not we should find another way. As I was sitting there looking at the gap, my cousin suddenly jumped. He flew across the gap with ease. It seemed like, to me, he made it. Alright, surely if he can make it, I can do this. So, I get in position and prepared to jump. I might have sat there looking at the gap a minute or two, but finally I decided that's enough. If I keep thinking about it and trying to foresee what would happen, I would never do it. I jumped without another thought, flew across the gap with grace, with the grace of a squirrel jumping from tree to tree. I reached the other side, but something happened. I blame my cousin. Because when he landed, he stripped some of the bark off the branch and, and when he jumped. But when I landed, I slipped. Next thing I knew, I was falling. My cousin always recalls it and can barely even tell the story without dying laughing because of the way I screamed when I fell. <laughs> oh, man. That story literally gets brought up every single time I'm with him. Another story of me and the same cousin that always gets brought up uh, when we were together. My grandparents lived uh, in a small town with mostly gravel roads. We also have a lot of family there as well. Probably half the town is family. Um, It's a very small town. So we would drive a four-wheeler back and forth pretty often visiting family and a lot of times getting roped into helping them with something a lot of times. 
One day, my cousin says to me, I shouldn't sit on the four-wheeler that way. I would always sit facing out, which wasn't a problem, I thought. But I would soon find out I was wrong. We were driving up to my great-grandmother's house, and my grandpa was a wild man through and through, always messing with us, and he took a turn really fast. So fast, I couldn't hang on. I was trying to lean into the turn, as they as they say, but that didn't work. Whoop! My hands slip off, and there I go. I slipped off the four-wheeler and was able to stay on my feet, at least for a split second. I tried to run to keep up with, with the speed I was going, but could not keep up. I lost my footing and went sailing into the air like a bird in flight, but I could not fly. <laughs> I swear it was in slow motion. The only thing I was thinking about was the ground getting pretty close to my face. And boom, I landed face first and got a nice mouthful of gravel and dust. I don't remember much of what followed, but I know my grandpa and cousin were trying not to laugh as hard as they wanted to, and I was trying not to cry as much as I wanted to. This isn't the only story I have of falling off of four-wheelers, so I have a history with them, but for some odd reason, my grandpa and cousin were always there too. I can't say they're to blame, it just seems suspicious if you ask me. I share this story because I know what it's like to fall flat on my face and eat the ground, literally. As a kid growing up, I did it all the time in a literal sense, and I am grateful for those times because I'd like to think I developed a lot of mental fortitude, which would be something I'd need later on in life uh, for when I've fallen flat on my face in different ways most of my life, and I still continue to do it to this day. I guess... I guess you would like to think it's at least a little bit less than before, but point is, I fail a lot. Success is not brought out of nothing. You don't just have success because you decide to have it. It is developed through a lack of success. Success is attaining a desired outcome. So, as, in, as counterintuitive as it sounds... You attain a desired outcome by not obtaining a desired outcome. <laughs> Confused yet? It's so simple, yet it's so complicated. Like what Leonardo da Vinci once said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So to conclude the chapter, I just have this short little part. The short-lived artist succeeds through failure. He learns, he gains experience, and he grows, whereas the short-lived Oh, wait. <laughs> I need to change that. Whoops. The enduring artist succeeds through failure. He learns, he gains experience, and he grows. Whereas the short-lived artist, again, refuses to fail. In so doing, he also refuses to succeed. Because success is brought out of failure, and success does not come from nothing. You do not attain a desired outcome without at first not attaining a desired outcome. I was thinking I'd maybe add a little bit more to that because <laughs> there's a lot there and it's kind of confusing whenever I kind of use oh, gosh uh, where I kind of use um, basically complete opposites <laughs> but gosh that's just something I've learned so much about like recently is how 
you just, I don't know, how somehow the opposite of something brings about its opposite, you know what I mean? Like, they're completely opposite, they're completely different, but it's like one, one brings about the other, somehow. I don't know. Oh, man. But, uh, so that's all I have there for, uh, chapter two. So, I'm going to go ahead and conclude this episode, and then I'll, uh, next week we'll be back, and we'll, uh, uh, start with the first part of this chapter and kind of digest it more and talk about it more and maybe, maybe develop it more before we, like, actually release the actual book. That's, you know, the nice... Nice part about doing this is like kind of talking a little bit about about it and reading it and you know maybe gaining some more ideas I could add to it or realizing I could take some certain things away that are not really helpful to the book or whatever but hope you're enjoying this also fire from heaven just released a new single it's called if I were the devil um and basically it's just a reflection on what's going on in the world today and uh you know, who who's really behind it, so check it out, help support me, you can support Fire From Heaven on Patreon, at patreon.com slash fellowship of fire from heaven, you support Fire From Heaven there, you're also supporting the Fire From Heaven philosophy, so if you like the podcast, check it out, if you like my music, check it out, whichever one, consider joining, could use the support, see you in the next episode, stay male!